chapter 7, verse 18. Let's pray and we'll get started. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for a good day. We thank you for the freedom to come here and study your word. And God, I pray that in these few minutes that you would free us of distractions, dear Lord. There's, there's stuff on our mind. There's stuff that we think about. And I pray that you just would, would protect our minds this morning, that we wouldn't, we wouldn't be carried away with, with other thoughts and, and daydreaming, dear Lord. Sometimes we do that. We, we daydream through your whole word and we miss it. So God, I pray that you help that not to be one of those days, but that we hear your word and that we get something from it, dear Lord. That it helps us to, to grow in you, that it helps us to follow Jesus Christ, God, especially if there are some in this room that do not know Jesus Christ today. So God, I pray that you just bless the reading of your word. Be with me. Help me to do a good job. Take away my pride and my fear. And just hide me behind the cross and let Jesus be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. A couple of months ago, Michelle and I got a, got a puppy. Some of you have met her. Her name is Portia. She may be the cutest dog ever. I mean, we might be a little biased, but... But she's pretty cute, even if she's not the cutest. She's into running, and she's a pretty good dog. She's, she's a work in progress, but we still had not got the potty training figured out. Now, she knows what to do. She knows where to go, because sometimes she'll go where she's supposed to go. And there's other things that she knows she's supposed to do and not do. And a lot of times, she won't do the things that she's not supposed to do. But sometimes she does. And sometimes she'll potty where she's supposed to. And then it's like you flip a switch and it doesn't matter. She'll just go wherever. And so I picked her up the other night, as I often do, talk to my dog. And don't, don't say nothing. You talk to yours too. You know you do. And I picked her up because she only weighs about three pounds. And I looked at her and I said, why don't you do what you're supposed to do? You know what's right. We got you everything you need. We're so good to you. We give you all the toys you want and all the food you want. And we pet you and we bathe you and we play with you and we're so good to you. And you know what's right and wrong. Why won't you just do it? And as soon as I said those words to the dog, you can call it the Holy Spirit, you can call it whatever you want to, I thought to myself, you know, God could say the same thing to me. He could probably say the same thing to you and I. I'm so good to you. I provide for you. I give you everything you need. I give you a place to sleep and I give you food. And I give you cool toys to play with. And I do everything I can for you. I've done everything. And you know right and you know wrong. So why do you keep doing what's wrong? Well, that's a good question for us to consider. Unless you never do wrong. But chances are we probably all would say, yeah, that's true. Why do we do that, right? I mean, even Christians, why do we do that? We know God's Word and we know what's right because sometimes we do what's right. And sometimes even though we know what's wrong, we just do it anyway. We know better. Well, God's not happy with us when we do that. He's not happy with us when we know what's right and we do what's wrong. And so it's a struggle. Even for the Christian, it's a struggle that we must face 
every day. It's a struggle because as Christians, if we know God's word, we know what's right, but, but there's still that pull to do what's wrong, is it not? And Paul talks about that in Romans chapter 7. In Romans chapter 7, verse 18, it says, For I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my flesh. For the desire to do what is good is with me, but there is no ability to do it. Now Paul recognizes something significant here, something that you and I should recognize. There is no good in us. We are not good in and of ourselves. But what does he say? He says, the desire to do what is good is within me. I want to do good. I want to do right, but, but I don't have the ability to do it. Now, some have said of this passage that, well, this is not Paul speaking of himself here. He's, he's just using an example of a, of a fleshly Christian or a, a carnal Christian. That is a Christian who knows what's right and, and is not doing it. Some have said, well, this, this, is, this is Paul speaking of an unbeliever. This can't be Paul speaking of Paul because as a Christian, he would have the ability. He would, he, would know, he would know better than that. These things that Paul is about to discuss, these are not things that involve a Christian. These, these are things that apply to a non-Christian. Or we could look at this passage and say, no, this is Paul talking. Paul, as a Christian, dealing with things that sometimes Christians have to deal with. Now, I believe that the third option is what's taking place. I believe that Paul is saying something that you and I very well know what, all about it. And that is, we know right from wrong, even if our mind has been changed by Christ, our flesh is still fleshly. Our flesh still wants to do what the flesh wants to do. Now, before we come to Christ, we don't have a problem. Because before we come to Christ... Our mind is of the world and of the flesh, and our flesh is of the world and of the flesh. And so there's no tension. There's no struggle. Our mind wants to sin, and our flesh wants to sin because we don't know any different. But then God begins to work in our life. We hear the Word of God. We see the Word of God, and all of a sudden, the Word of God makes us aware of the sin in our life. Oh, what are we going to do about it? Well, hopefully... We're going to say, man, God, I am a sinner. I recognize how wretched I am, and there's only hope. And where, where is the hope, God? Oh, let me read some more. Oh, there is hope. It's in Jesus Christ. And so once we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we now have a new mind. Our, our mind is renewed. The Bible talks about the renewing of our mind. That's what we want, right? Our mind to continue to be renewed, to want the things of Christ. We know the things of Christ, and we study God's Word to, to learn them more and to grow in them more and to live by them more. And so now our mind is the mind of Christ, but our body still wants to live in the flesh. And so there's this temptation that goes on, and you face it too. I face it, you face it, we all face it. I think if we're honest, we'd say we, we face that struggle. So he says, I desire to do what is good, but the ability is not in me. And so if we don't have the ability on our own to do good, what do we do? Well, let's read on a little further. Verse 19, For I do not do the good that I want to do, but I practice the evil that I do not want to do. Now what about us? Have we ever faced that conundrum before? Have you ever wanted to do good, and you know something is good to do, but yet you do what is evil? Even though you know you shouldn't do it, that, that evil thing, it just grabs a hold of you, and it just catches you, and you just want to 
do what's evil. Have you ever had that happen before? I'll tell you an instance where this happened to me just about a week ago. I called somebody on the phone one night, and the person answered the phone, and it didn't sound like the person I was calling. And I said, hey, is this so-and-so's phone? And they said, this is not their phone, and don't you ever call this number again. And I'm thinking, well, hold up. Now, I was having a good night. And you know what happened to me? I got so, I was so mad, and I'm talking about a split second. I was so mad, and I said, what I want to do when I get home is I want to come set up a bunch of Google phone numbers, random numbers, and I'm going to program them to call this number all day, every day, a hundred times a day. Now, that's not a good thought, but that's the first thought that comes through my mind. I'm thinking, here this person is. They don't know me. They could have just said, no, you got the wrong number. But they didn't. Now, I knew that that was evil. That's not a good thing to do. And I got in the truck, and I left going where I was going. And I had to pray, God, you're going to have to change my heart because that ain't, I shouldn't want to do these evil things. But, but maybe you've got a story like that in your life. You know what's good. But man, people do stuff to you and things happen. And you want to do that evil thing. But we have to fight against that. That's what Paul is saying. We've got to fight against it. Verse 20. Now if I... Do what I do not want, I'm no longer the one doing it. But it is the sin that lives in me. So I discover this principle. When I want to do what is good, evil is with me. For in my inner self, I joyfully agree with God's law. But I see a different law in the parts of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and taking me prisoner to the law of sin and the parts of my body. So he says, I, I joyfully agree, agree in my inner parts. In, in my mind that's been renewed by Jesus Christ, I joyfully agree with what God commands me to do. But in my body there is this evil that is just, that's just tempting me and wanting to do all of these things. He said, this is the principle that I discover. Now I don't know about you and I, but I discover this principle too on a daily basis. I discover this principle. I find joy in God's Word. It's joyful to do what God says. But then sometimes there's the temptation to do what God does not say. And so it's a temptation that sometimes those of us who are in Christ overcome. Sometimes we are victorious over our temptations. But even those whose lives have been changed and minds have been renewed, sometimes we give in to those temptations. And so he says, look, they're waging war in me. It's like a war, right? Some of you have experienced this. We probably all have. Have you ever been, I'm talking about really tempted to do something. Like maybe you're battling addiction. There's something you know you need to cut out or stop doing. And you want to not do it. But it is so hard. A few months ago, my doctor told me that my A1C was high, that I needed to cut down on sugar. So I did pretty good. For probably about a month, I lost about 10 pounds. I cut out all my, all my cake and cookies and stuff at night. I still had to have sugar in my coffee. That, that other stuff's not good in there. But I, I didn't eat and drink much sugar. I, I did very well. But every afternoon just about before this, I had my afternoon snack, which usually consisted of like a bag of cookies and a Mountain Dew, which is very healthy and very fattening and very full of sugar. So I cut that out, right? I cut out my afternoon snack, and I cut out my nighttime sweets almost entirely for a month. I was doing good. I was like, this ain't so bad. I switched to Coke Zero Sugar when I wasn't drinking water. 
Not the best thing in the world. It does not taste like real Coke. I don't care what they tell you. But it's all right. It's not that bad. And things were going good until one day, one afternoon, I had that craving for those cookies. Now, I'll tell you, every once in a while, I give in. Not very often, but some afternoons, I'll stop by, and I'll get me a Mountain Dew Zero Sugar, but I'll get the cookies full of sugar. Right? It's a, it's a temptation, and that's a silly thing, but, that's, but it's hard, right? Even, even for something simple like, like cookies. It's not sinful to eat cookies, but, but there are days that I could fight it, and there are some days that it's like, all right, I'm giving in. I'm going to eat the cookies today. And that's how sin is in our life. But sin is much more serious than some cookies, right? We may go a long time for months, for years, and we're able to overcome some of those temptations and some of those sins. But you better believe, even if it's something that you overcame in the past, the devil has not forgotten about it. He'll use it when the time comes. He'll try to tempt you with it again. And so we have to wage these wars. We, we're, we're waging these battles. And sometimes we win and, and sometimes we lose. He says in verse 24, What a wretched man I am. Boy, that sums it up, don't it? Right? I mean, that really describes who we are. Not just Paul. Paul is not the only wretched man, FYI. You and I are wretched men and women. Why? Because we have the same struggle, right? Because we know that God is good. We know, I hope you know, that God is good and God's Word is good and that Jesus Christ loved you and gave His life for you. And we see what God's Word calls us to and we want to do it and some days we just fail. What wretched men and women we are. That God loves us and provides for us and gives us everything and we still sin against Him. What wretched men and women we are with no ability in ourselves to combat the sin that we wage war against on a daily basis. What wretched men and women we are. And what does Paul say? Who will rescue me from this dying body? Paul knows the struggle. He knows that he has failed. So he says, where is my hope? Who can rescue me from this struggle? Who can rescue me from my sin? Who can help me to overcome these things so that I'm not condemned by my sin, but that I'm forgiven of my sin? Who can rescue me from this? Well, praise the Lord, he answers the question in verse 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with my mind, I myself am a slave to the law of God, but with my flesh to the law of sin. Who can rescue us? It is the same one who can rescue Paul and did rescue Paul. It is Jesus Christ who can rescue us. It is Jesus Christ who will give us the ability to overcome what we cannot overcome on our own. That is our sin and the death that it leads to. That's what Paul says, who will rescue me from this dying body? Our body is dying because of sin. What do we do? We're wretched men and women that try to do good. And even on our best days, we cannot do all good. We might do some good with God that's in us through Jesus Christ. But even on our best days, there is some bad there. Even on our best days, we wage war against sin. And some days we win, and some days we lose. So who will rescue us on the days that we lose? Who will help us to win more days against our sin? It is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And so it is a battle. Some may would say that, well, when Christians become Christians, they shouldn't have to wage these battles. That Christians should be better than that. 
Some would say that when Christians become Christians, if they mature, they can mature to a point where they don't have to sin anymore and lose these battles anymore. Now, I know plenty of Christians that believe that, and they may be correct in that, but I don't believe that that's what the Bible teaches. I think that our journey and our struggle is just like what Paul described here. I think this was a struggle Paul was going through, and I think that probably every one of us in this room would say, this is a struggle that I go through as well. You see, when we become a Christian, it does not mean that we just, we just coast along the rest of our life and do not have any more problems and don't have to work anymore and, and struggle with these things. It's just, like a, it's just like a baby bird is born. A baby bird is born, and they may be born and not be able to do anything. They're totally dependent on their mother or their father, and they see their mother and their father, and they say, Man, look at them out there flying. I wish I could fly. And they desire to fly, but they don't know how. But one day, as they begin to grow older, their parents begin to teach them how to fly. And guess what? The birds learn to fly. Now, that's kind of like how we are with, with God's Word. We, we may see God's Word, and we desire to do good, and we see God's Word, and we, we read it, and we learn about Jesus, and all of a sudden our mind is renewed, and we learn what, God's want, what God wants, and we learn to do the things that God wants, and through Jesus Christ, we take flight, so to speak. We're not grounded anymore. We're not in the, in the nest not knowing what it's like to fly. When we come to Jesus Christ, we know what it's like to fly. We've learned to fly. We've been renewed. We've been matured in Jesus Christ. And so just as that baby bird begins to fly, he flaps his wings, and he gets up there high in the sky, and he is flying. And he can fly as long as he flaps his wings. But what happens when he stops flapping his wings? He begins to fall. He can coast for a little ways even without flapping his wings, but he cannot coast forever. And so it is for those who are in Christ. We come to Christ and we can fly. We know what's what. We're taught what's what. We know what to do. And so we must keep doing what we got to do. We must keep flapping our wings. We cannot be lazy as Christians. We cannot just give up and say, well, I'm just going to give up because I'm tired of flapping my wings. No, that's not what we can do. That's not what we should do. We have to continue to work. We have to continue to fight the battles. The birds have to battle gravity every day. Yeah, they can fly, but guess what? Gravity still is a thing. And gravity will win if the bird does not fly, if the bird does not flap its wings. And sin will win if we don't wage the war against it, if we don't fight the battle against it, if we don't put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ who died to forgive our sins, if we don't put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ who gives us the power to fight our sins and overcome the sinfulness and the temptations through what He did, if we don't continually seek Him and work at His Word and seek to live by His Word, then we will fall into sin. So we must battle. We must battle we must put our mind on Jesus Christ and say, God, give me the mind of Christ, give me the strength of Christ, and help me to win some of these battles that I've been losing. What wretched men and women we are. We wake up every day, we want to do good, and sometimes we do bad. So where will our help come from? It will come from Jesus Christ. I hope today that you have put your faith in Jesus Christ to overcome your sin. If you hadn't, Today is the day of salvation if you'll put your faith in Him. Maybe you're in here today and you're like Paul and you're a Christian. You already know God's Word. You already desire to do it, but some days you fail. Well, ask God to forgive you for those days you fail and give you the strength 
to do better in the days to come. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you today. We thank you for your good word. I pray that you just would bless the reading of it today. I pray that you'd help us in our struggles, dear Lord. The struggle is indeed real. God, we face these battles every day, and they are tough. But God, I pray that you be with each one here that is yours, that knows what is good, that desires what is good, but sometimes fails to do it. God, I pray that you would help us to win more of those battles, but to seek you for forgiveness on the battles we lose, God. It's not a license to sin, to just say, well, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to lose some of these battles, so I'm just going to do it. God, that should never be our desire. We should never desire to lose battles and be okay when we do. We should strive to win them all. But God, we thank you that even when we do, even when we lose, even when we sin, God, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. God, maybe there are some in this room today and they've never put their faith in Jesus. I pray that today that they do so. That today that their mind would be renewed. That they would know that there's something better than what the world has. God, that we wouldn't live by the flesh, but that we would live by the Word, by Jesus Christ, dear Lord. So I pray that if there's one that has not put their faith in Jesus today, that they'd stop living for the flesh, that their mind would stop living for the world, and it would be renewed, dear Lord. God, I pray that Jesus Christ renews our mind in a way that our flesh lives in a godly way. And God, I thank you for these good words. And I just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.